Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, do you feel better or worse about Kyle Shanahan's d- decisions in overtime now that we've gotten more of an explanation from the Super Bowl runner-up? Okay. Kyle Shanahan explained his decision yesterday, said he talked to the analytics department, said that he informed the position coaches and told them to tell the players. Now, maybe this is window dressing, but I do think he's saving himself legacy-wise just a little bit. I think in time, we're going to forgive him for this. I think it'll it'll go down as a mistake, but I don't think it's going to be the defining story of the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be the Super Bowl where Shanahan made the mistake in overtime. Okay, I think there's a lot of reasons why the 49ers lost the game. I think the one we will point to as a sort of shorthand will be Shanahan in overtime. But that's what you and I think. Let's get the thoughts of a Super Bowl-winning head coach, and that is Brian Billick, who is joining us on behalf of Signal Relief, and we'll get to that in a moment. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. Uh, okay, so let's unpack the Super Bowl a little bit. You were watching, obviously. Um, Kyle Shanahan's decision in overtime to take the ball with the new rules. Is that the decision you would have made if you were in his shoes? Well, it's, it's, it's always debatable. Uh, the question becomes, and it's not one that you can say, okay, we're going to go into the game, and if this comes up, we're going to do this or that. It really has to do with the flow of the game, how your defense is playing. You know, the way the defense is played, for me, I always was going to to uh, uh, to want to kick off. Why? Because I had great defenses. And the thought being, they'll back up, they'll three and out, I'll get better field position. Uh, with the two offenses they had and the way the offenses performed, particularly in the second half, you can make the case, you know what, I, wanna, uh, I, I, want, I, I believe we can move the ball. And, in fact, they did, uh, except for coming up short in the red zone. That really is the difference in the game. I mean, you can look at the turnover down deep, and both of them did that. But, really, it came down to uh, the 49ers got down to the five-yard line, couldn't punch it in, had to settle the field goal. Kansas City was able to go the length of the field and gain nine more yards, which was into the end zone. So, I think the decision is to, to do we take the ball, do we not take the ball, is one. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And as we always talk about, in hindsight, uh, if, if it worked and you won, you did the right thing. If you didn't, uh, th- then you're wrong and you did the wrong thing. But I think the fact that they took the ball, they drove the length of the field, and were in position to finish the game out right then and there tells you that, uh, that it, it potentially could have been the right decision. Uh, Coach, so the Chiefs players said that they were well aware of the new overtime rules and they talked about it going even back to the previous summer and the Niners players obviously were later to it. Is that a lack of preparation on the Niners front? I mean, obviously you can't prepare for everything, 
But do you say that, man, maybe they should have talked about this with the players beforehand because it's a different set of overtime rules in the playoffs? Uh, you know, I think that's a little bit of the, the, the victor gets to write the history. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, of course we covered that. Oh, sure we did. You know, uh, you know at some point, yes, you do. Now, did, did they cover it that week prior to the game? Uh, who knows? You know, there's a lot of things to cover. Um, um, and, and the fact that the 49ers players did indeed think, well, the quarter's going to run out, and that affects where, you know, not knowing that particularly in that environment, that no, this is basically like the end of the first quarter. It's going to continue on. Certainly was a mistake. Was it covered? Was it not covered? You know, I, I think to some degree that's players doing the, what players do, which is I confess he did it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, Coach, you were obviously the Super Bowl in 2000. Your Ravens beat the Giants. Uh, how is it different for a coach? Uh, how is a Super Bowl different than even another playoff game? I would imagine you got to feel the pressure, even in your game where you were up. Uh, is it? Can you really coach your game in the Super Bowl like you would in a normal game? Well, you, you have to. Um, if you start, you have to stick with the process, particularly the process that got you there, gets you there. I mean, we talked about last week, your number one job during the week of the Super Bowl is to create as much normalcy for your players as you can in an environment that is anything but normal in terms of meetings, practice time, and making them understand, look, you don't need to add any pressure to the game and alter what you do simply because the outcome is so dramatic. Um, you know, you, you, could, you could make the case that in particularly in playoff games, it's equally as important because you don't even get to the Super Bowl unless you handle the pressures and do what you need to do during the course of the playoffs and even during the regular season. So, no, I, I don't think – I think you work very hard to make sure the players understand, you know, once the ball's kicked off, this is like any other game we've played. Certainly the consequences are different, and there's no denying that, but you want the players to be as comfortable as they can – uh, to, to perform at their best without adding that pressure of, oh, my God, if I make a mistake here, we lose the Super Bowl. Brian Billick is joining us on behalf of Signal Relief. Get to that in a moment. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's biggest regret from the Super Bowl is, Coach? Oh, there's a million things. You've got decisions, play calls that you make, and, and there's always a lot of them. Obviously, you know, the, there's the things you can't control, obviously, uh, the turnovers to Chris McCaffrey, fumbling. And going off that player's foot on the punt, you know, you coach and you work and, and nobody intends for that to happen. It's the flow of the game. It happens. Um, and then the penalty, the killer penalty, that when they're driving the length of the field, I mean, they're going to score and the game's going to be over. Uh, and, and they get the holding penalty. And it was kind of a dumb holding penalty. It was understandable, you know, anytime you're blocking and, and you think the play's going inside and then it goes outside and the player starts to leave you, it's kind of instinctive to want to grab on. But that was pretty blatant. You know, those are regrettable. Uh, but that's the flow of the game, and, and, and it is what it is. You know, is it play calling? The, you know, as you got down, once you got the penalty, and is there a different play you might have called? You, you can second-guess yourself that I until the cows come home. At the end of the day, they were in a position to win the game uh, and came up a goal, you know, a goal line or a red zone sh uh, a series short where Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does and drove the length of the field and scored. You know, we keep on talking about Kyle Shanahan. On the other side of the ball, Andy Reid, uh, for for a long time, for 14 years, came close but not quite in Philadelphia. Did Andy Reid change anything uh, when he got to Kansas City and started winning three Super Bowls? 
Uh, was he a different coach in some ways, or was it just different personnel that kind of got him over the hump? Well, and you give Andy great credit. Yeah, he did change. He changed the fact that he had Patrick Mahomes. And, and they recognized, oh, this guy is special, and so here's the things we need to do. What we did when Donovan McNabb was quarterback fit Donovan McNabb. But the things that you're doing for, for – and then when you had Alex Smith, the things they did fit Alex Smith. It would have been ludicrous to run the plays that, that Patrick Mahomes is running when you had Alex Smith. Likewise, it would be very limiting and a mistake to run the offense that you had with Alex Smith for Patrick Mahomes. So you got to give Coach Reed a great deal of credit. Yes, it always comes down to personnel, okay? And, and at the end of the day, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick all of a sudden now is not a good coach because he couldn't win without Tom Brady. Yeah, it, it is definitely comes down to personnel. But Andy Reid deserves a great deal of credit for fashioning an offense that platforms each of his quarterback's abilities, and that's the sign of a good coach, adapting what you do based to the talents of your number one player. Well, I mean, I think you can speak to this, too, because you had uh, in Minnesota this high-flying offense and you had to change your style in Baltimore. Do you see a similar thing with Andy Reid this year because the defense was such a strength of the team? That and the fact that they ran the ball better. You know, they recognized, okay, we don't have a Tariq Hill. We don't have that, that magical combination of the you know constant vertical with Kelsey and Hill and down the field. So our personnel has changed, even though we've got the same quarterback, and he's going to make certain things happen. And we have the chance with that offensive line and a physical, not just a good running attack, but a physical running attack of Isaiah Pacheco to go with that defense. You know, when you, if you play great defense, it's usually because you run the ball as well. It's hard to play good defense when you're with, you know, teamed with a high-flying offense, which is great, scores a bunch of points, but that means your opponent has to get up and down the field more and be more vertical and do those types of things. So, yes, there again, it's an example of Andy Reid adapting what they do to say, okay, this is what we were to win it last year, but now we're better on defense. We have the ability to be a more physical running game. I don't have quite the same vertical elements, so we're going to be play good defense, run the ball, still put the ball down the field, and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but certainly the personnel. And it took a little, more, a little while. By the first quarter of the season, we're going, ah, you know what, this isn't the same Kansas City team and were a little bit critical of it, they, they had to morph into understanding, okay, this is the personality of what we are, and then got on a run and, and won a Super Bowl playing to the strength of that. Brian Billick joining us, Super Bowl winning head coach, of course, on behalf of Signal Relief. Ask you about that in a moment. Coach, uh, the cameras caught Travis Kelsey uh, very frustrated with Andy Reid. Now, that's not you know unusual. We see coaches and players go at it a lot, but bumping Andy Reid to the point where Reed almost said he got blindsided, maybe almost knocked him over. I mean, yeah. you're watching that and you're thinking what as a former head coach? I'm thinking that had to be a heck of a hit because Andy Reed's no small man. <laughs> I mean, that's it obvious, yeah. To knock Andy Reed down. You know, the emotion of the game, and that's what Travis Kelsey was. And Andy and Travis have dealt with that, I'm sure, the entire time that they're there. Whatever the frustration was because he wasn't in or whatever. That happens on the sideline. Did that cross the line, though, over. Coach? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did it cross uh, no, the line? Yeah, no. Yeah, anytime, anytime you bump in and then you physically assault somebody like that. Yeah, but, but it happens, and you deal with it, and I'm sure it's nothing for them right now going forward. Uh, had they lost the game, we'd be making much more of it, uh, and that this was a sign of the fraction, and that they, but they didn't. And so, you know, it's obviously through this the lens of, well, you know, you know, we, we, we scuffle at times and we fight and we scrimmage and we this, that, and the other. And uh, I don't think they think it's any big deal, so I don't know that we should. 
Coach, joining us on behalf of Signal Relief right now. You got a promo code going on. How has Signal Relief changed your life? Amazing product. You know, technologies, and particularly in sports medicine, have just absolutely exploded, and this is one of them. Signal Relief is a, is a standalone patch. There's no ointments. There's no, uh, no uh, you don't put anything in your body. There's no electrical outlets. You literally put this patch where you need it, and it blocks the signals because pain is nothing more than a, a, a signal, an electrical signal in your body to your brain. We say put this between the pain and the brain. It blocks and mitigates that signal. That allows you then to do the things. That's where the real healing comes from, to continue to work the joints, continue to work the muscle. Signalrelief.com. Uh, put in promo code COACH. You get 20% back. This thing is reusable up to a year, very affordable. You put it where you need it, and it's 100% money-back guaranteed if it doesn't work, but it will. Signalrelief.com. Coach, thank you. Last question for you. Now, we do something on Wednesdays here called the Great Debate yeah. Series, and it's loosely based on the news. And today we're talking about the worst coaching decisions of all time. Now, we're not saying Kyle Shanahan made one of those decisions. Again, loosely based on the news. Now, we got a lot of really good options here, everything from Grady Little leading, leaving Pedro Martinez in a game to Mario Cristobal from college not taking kneel downs, losing to Georgia Tech to the – Met, uh, the, the Red Sox leaving Bill Buckner in the game at first base to uh, Pete Carroll not calling a, a run at the goal line for Marshawn Lynch and instead of passing the ball. I mean, you are a connoisseur here of coaching, and this has been your life's work. If Is there a worse coaching decision of all time that comes to mind for you? Oh, my God. There are so many there that you'd <laughs> like to come back. The one I always bring up, and it obviously ended up brilliantly, but it goes to the point that we made earlier that these terrible coaching decisions are viewed through the prism of hindsight of whether they worked or didn't. I thought Sean Payton's onside kick in the Super Bowl, <laughs> because they got it, was hailed as one of the great, gutsy, brilliant calls of all time. If they had not gotten that and given Peyton Manning a short field, then you'd be, you'd have been talking about the worst coaching decision in the history of football. <laughs> so, I, I always look at it through that lens right there. To that degree, God, I could write – maybe I will. I need to write a book on the stupid coaching decisions I made that ended up not working. <laughs> well, this was not in any way inspired by you, Coach. You're a Super Bowl-winning head coach. You did not make our list, that. so just so you okay. know. Okay, well, you, you, didn't, you didn't dig deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy to write the forward of your book if you ever do write that one. Right. Um, appreciate it again. On behalf of Signal Relief, Brian Billick, thank you for the time, Coach. All right, sure thing. Appreciate that. It's so funny. And also, I mean, Sean Payton had a lot of success in New Orleans, but to do the onside kick again when he got to Denver – I like hated that move that he tried to recreate it uh, this past season with the Broncos. He's right. You play the process and not the results. I mean, truer words. Oh, man. Truer words have never been spoken that we view the result. I mean, let's face it. For some reason, Bosa turns another way and sacks Mahomes on fourth and one, and they win the game. No one's talking about Kyle Shanahan. Everyone's talking about that that another mistake. Andy Reid, by the way, bungled about nine things in the second half yeah, of this game. The early timeout. And we're not, we're not, to, yeah, the fact that he didn't spike the ball when even Tony Romo knew he should have spoke the ball. <laughs> like, listen, there are a lot of things. We, it's very true. Do you, you do agree that we view it from the prism of what happened? Okay, yes, but that's why I think my um, selection. Wait, if, of if, Mario if that Cristobal, running back had not fumbled, 
No, I'm just saying. Oh, oh actually, was it a time? What happened? No, it was a vi- like. You, how do you mess up victory formation? See, that's the thing. Well, if you had him fumble, though, there's no way it makes a list. No, but even again, process over results. There's just no reason to ever be handing the ball off there at all because all you have to do that your opponent has no timeouts. You just have to go in victory formation. Right, like, right. Running a play was the problem, but it certainly wouldn't make your list, and it's the same decision, uh, and it wouldn't even been on anyone's list. But if, nobody does that anymore. Let alone Mario Cristobal did it twice. <laughs> Right, right, right. But this, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is, there's, there's never talked about at all. By the way, if for some reason Malcolm Butler hadn't practiced that play right. and the Seahawks had thrown a touchdown, Pete Carroll doesn't make the list. It's never mentioned. Never even crosses anyone's mind. But anyway, that's how it goes. I like that from Brian Billick because it was one that was successful with the Sean Payton onsides kick in the Super Bowl, but it was yeah. so gutsy. I mean, you're, he's right. You give Peyton Manning a short field, what do you think he's going to do? There's a lot with it? of time left in the game, and I, I don't. I mean, we don't know exactly how they, they wouldn't have decided the game necessarily. Maybe not, but it's such a low percentage play in onside's kick. Like, yeah, back the then it was a little higher was, than it is now. That's true, a little higher, but and also they caught him off guard, so that made it even higher percentage. Well, that was the brilliance of it. People yeah. thought is that no one would expect you to do an onside's kick coming out of halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I totally agree that that would have been the game. Anyway, regardless, that is a good one. I like this this idea that we could go through as a million bad decisions. <laughs> Uh, that didn't end up costing him, and therefore nowhere near the list. I know. Meanwhile, should we go back through Brian Billick's history? I felt like that was a challenge. <laughs> Nothing came to mind. 855-212-4CBS. We appreciate the coach joining us. 855-212-4227. Did, did that Super Bowl team go five games without an offensive touchdown or something yeah, crazy? Yeah, some guy was sitting on his yeah. roof, and he wouldn't leave until they scored a touchdown. Yeah, so there were <laughs> probably some. But by the way, I'd smart as you look at it now, but to, to not have an offense could have been criticized. Well, one decision that does get criticized from Pelican, maybe it's more him, Ozzie Newsom, whole team is leaving, uh, getting going rid away of, from Dilfer. Yeah, getting rid yeah. of uh, Dilfer and going to Elvis Gerback, who was always a scrub. Yeah, I mean, he had the big arm, right? I mean, I, I guess. Uh... It's funny because I think that is more of a front office thing. But again, yeah, Billick was the offensive coordinator and offensive, not the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive minded head yeah, coach. Yeah, exactly. Right, right? And I think he called plays. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So. And he was definitely the play caller when the Vikings lost that game to the Falcons. And that was a disaster. In 98, Randy Moss's rookie year. That's one of the worst. I mean, that was a juggernaut of a team that lost oh, to a much worse team. They should have won that year. They should have won that year, and Bill was part of that. He was Kyle Shanahan to that team. <laughs> and I think that... And He's going to regret joining us on this day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Now we're thinking about all his worst. I really feel like that would have been maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever if we got that game. Vikings versus Broncos trying to yeah. repeat. That Vikings team was unbelievable. Like... Wait, what, Randy Moss ran it? Yeah. Was they, that Randall? That was Randall, Randall right? Cunningham playing quarterback, Chris Carter, Randy Moss... Robert Smith, that running back, I mean, they just rewrote the history books when it came to offense. And the fact that we didn't get them versus that Broncos team that was trying to repeat. Is it Chris Chandler? Who was the— Chris Chandler was playing yeah. quarterback for the Falcons. Right. They had the Dirty Bird, Jamal Adams. Yeah. No, no, Jamal—not uh, Jamal Adams. No, Jamal Anderson, I'm Jamal sorry. Anderson. Yeah, that, not, not Jamal Adams. That Viking team might be one of the best ever to not win. Well, maybe that will be next week's great debate. Ooh. Like you that. know, and then— then or to did blow the it. But that that was on a lot of bad coaching decisions, right? Because they they could have been more aggressive to get Gary Anderson closer, but Gary yep. Anderson never missed. And they also played for overtime. That was they got the, screen, they right? got the ball back. And yeah. Instead of actually trying to score in they regulation, up, uh, they were like, "Oh, we'll just play for yeah. overtime." Poor Billick. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> it, it, that Super Bowl should have been really Vikings Jets. Jets had a first half lead in that game against the against Denver. Yeah, they it would did. have been the Parcells Jets against the Vikings. Yeah. By the way, I, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. I can't go Vikings-Broncos would have been in one of the great all-time Super Bowls because 
I think like, Cowboys Steelers is iconic. Um, I don't know. Vikings, Broncos, those two teams don't really fit together. No, but think of the players. Yeah, think about there. those yeah. players and those teams, particularly. Yeah. Like that Broncos team, the second year, the first year, they kind of were a, like a you know little engine that could. That second year, they were on fire. And then you had, you know, Jets went 13 and 3 and still with the two seed. They couldn't even get a home game because I got the, the, I think they were 14 and 2 that year, the Broncos. And you had a 15 yeah. and 1 Vikings team with Randy Moss, again, rewriting the history books. That that would have been an absolute banger, and it's a shame we didn't get it. Is it, is it as good as the Brett Favre Broncos game? Yeah, that was no because that other Broncos that was again that Broncos team wasn't as good. Yeah. This Vikings team was better than that Packers team, and I love that Packers team. Eight five five two one two four CBS. It was fifteen and one. More great debates being spawned from this one. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Okay, coming up, a big question. Off of this Super Bowl has nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan's coaching and has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid's legacy. We'll get to that next. It's the one thing no one's talking about. Right here, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. All right, Maggie, we were disappointed last week. I'm going to be honest about this. The NBA tried the deadline was a dud. But maybe we have some intrigue now. Woj dropped a little Valentine's Day morning Woj bomb with the help of Ramona Shelburne. Guess who called the Lakers to get LeBron James? The Golden State Warriors. Now, that would have been a trade for the century. The Warriors made a last-second push, according to Woj and Ramona, to get LeBron James, and they were told that the Lakers are not interested in moving LeBron James. Apparently, uh, Joe Lacob reached out to Jeannie Buss. Mike Dunleavy Jr. got involved, the GM of the Warriors. Uh, And I think Rich Paul told the Lakers that LeBron is happy. Come on, give us something. How exciting would that have been? I'm excited and it didn't even happen. Now, see, this is the kind of thing that gives LeBron James haters even more fuel. Why? Because LeBron puts it out there before the trade deadline, hourglass emoji out of sand, you know, implying that maybe he's not happy with the Lakers, right? And he does this passive-aggressive stuff all the time. Maybe it's our fault because we react to it, but he knows he's going to get a reaction out of it, and that's why the Warriors even thought to call the Lakers is because they thought LeBron James publicly being, uh, you know, sort of maybe unsettled would open the door for a potential trade, and now LeBron gets to come out days later and say, no, 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 I was never interested. You got Draymond Green and Mike Dunleavy and Joe Lakeup, and you had everyone fawning over me and chasing me to try to get this blockbuster deal done, but I stiff-armed you and said, no, thanks, I'm going to stay with them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Lakers. This is the kind of stuff that LeBron haters, this is like catnip for What them. are you even talking about? That's what, what happened well, You're here. seven layers deeper than what actually happened here. The Warriors are obviously about a 500 team. The Lakers are about a 500 team. And everyone knows LeBron and Curry are in love. Why not make that call and try and add no, LeBron? you can. But can I get you to read you this, this sentence? Who do you yeah. think this came from? Armed with the encouragement of Warriors star Draymond Green, Golden State owner Joe Lacob. Yeah. Reached out to Lakers only Genie Bus to inquire whether James' apparent public frustration can be interpreted as an opening to discuss a trade, sources say. So, why is it LeBron? I don't understand. LeBron haters are going to use this as fuel for what? Because this is the LeBron passive aggressive thing, right? This is him sending a message to the front office before the trade deadline do something, do something. And I think he loves the fact that the Warriors called about him, like thinking, Listen, he's still playing at this all-world level just so LeBron can stiff-arm them and be like, no, I want to stay with the Lakers. I'm telling you, I I think this is annoying from LeBron, to be I, honest. This isn't LeBron. The Warriors owner picked up the phone and called Jeannie Buss and said, hey, can we get LeBron? Why do you think they were even thought LeBron would be who, available? Who cares? The point is it was Joe Lacob's decision. LeBron had nothing to do with this except that he said, I'm I'm happy in L.A. I want to stay here. Exactly. It's not Joe Lacob's decision. It was LeBron's decision to just turn them away and say no thank you. The story is that the Warriors called. This seems like the Warriors had the idea like, hey, maybe we can get this guy right now. So what? this isn't a reflection on LeBron to me. It is. Why, do you, why did the Warriors even think to pick up the phone? Who cares? They, they, the story is Joe Lacob tried to get LeBron. Wouldn't that have been amazing if LeBron had gone to the Warriors? Oh, yeah. We to can me, talk a... about the what if. That's fine. But yeah. the reason why they picked up the phone is not who cares. The reason is because they saw LeBron was publicly frustrated. So LeBron's putting it out there. Hey, make a call for me. And they it was like a bat signal. And the Warriors took the bait. And then LeBron gets to stiff arm him after the fact and make it look like, you know, his and it is his decision that he didn't want to go to San Francisco. There is some value to him being able to say to the Warriors, a team that has beat him a bunch, the team that has all these rings, thanks, but no thanks, I'm good. There is some value to that. This also took... This takes LeBron Curry, I think, a little bit to a next level. LeBron I, denying them. And I think saying, it's interesting that in those names listed as the people who said maybe we should call, Steph Curry wasn't among that. I heard Joe Lacob. I heard Draymond Green. I didn't right. hear Steph Curry saying, hey, pick up the phone and call the Lakers. To me, if LeBron ended up on the Warriors, I, I that would end any discussion about him being the GOAT. You cannot yes. go to the Warriors, yeah. the team that beat you a bunch, and try to catch Jordan and win titles and well, say, well, now, I'm, now I'm the GOAT. We're still talking about right. it with Durant. Yeah, Durant still doesn't get credit. I was trying to tell Pearl of how great Durant is. He's like, well, he won with the Warriors. I'm like, well, <laughs> LeBron does it? Like, come on. How by come way, the Warriors don't ever get heat for that, by the way? They wanted Durant. Maybe they wanted LeBron. Nobody holds that against them. It's always about the other guys. Can I ask another question? Can they get LeBron this offseason? It's is this a precursor? Yes. Because I want to see this team. I would love to see LeBron in an incredibly boring NBA season. To get LeBron and Curry might be the best thing that ever happened to this sport. Do you think they're they're a winner? 
because I don't. I oh, don't. that's interesting. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. See, I see the trade as like from a fantasy basketball. Like, ooh, let's get LeBron and Curry go. Both teams right now are stuck a little bit in limbo, right? I don't think anyone thinks they're quite championship teams. So can't they combine forces here? Well, they're currently in ninth and 10th place in the Western yeah. Conference. But yeah, I I mean, but listen, uh, they're definitely on the ascent. I, I um. Yeah, maybe I went too many layers deep on this well, one, just, but to me, it just it feels so like this was never going to happen midseason. You want to talk about next season? I think for all the reasons you guys are talking about now are the same reasons they're not going to happen in the offseason. LeBron's going to look too much like a ring chaser, and to join Steph Curry will do for LeBron the same thing it did for Durant, which is take Durant down a peg, take LeBron down a peg because you're joining Steph's team. I mean, Draymond Green had the audacity to talk about how dare Kevin Durant talk to me about character when he won you two championships. That's right. Like, I, well, as much as I, I, I love Steph Curry, and I say Steph Curry was the MVP of them, <laughs> like, Draymond Green has two more rings because of Kevin Durant, and Draymond has the audacity to be like, Kevin Durant, question my character. <laughs> my gosh. And you think LeBron, LeBron's really going to make that decision to go play with those guys? They won't have any gratitude to LeBron winning them more championships. It's, it's very intriguing. Their last chance for both of them to win rings. You could make that case, and it's probably the best chance for them to win. To for win Steph a ring. to win a ring and, and for LeBron, LeBron to win a ring, do they yeah. need each other? I think so. I think I think you you. But aren't you they gotta, rivals? Doesn't this cancel each other no, out? But you're gonna you, you change the makeup a little bit of this team in the off season and and go for another run. I think there's one more run left in them. Wait, so which now you which have Chris team? Paul yeah. and you get LeBron and Steph Curry all together. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I think LeBron. The reason why he turned this down is because I think LeBron wants Steph to come to him. I think I think it really that's comes down happening. to that. It's not, but it I, I feels think, more likely that LeBron would go to Golden State. Right, that's definitely the case. Yeah, but I think that's why this didn't happen. I I agree with actually something Maggie said to pull this off in a in midweek. That if it's true that Joe Lacob called the night before the trade deadline, it's an invitation. Like that's a gigantic sea change right <laughs> in the middle of the week. I that would have been hard to pull off. It's that would funny. have been during Super Bowl week too. Imagine if that happened. Yeah. Would LeBron have still come to the game? Um, it's funny because the Warriors, they said, also did have uh, substantive talks on other scenarios, including Alex Caruso and Kelly Olynyk. It's like, which one of these is not like the other? We're going to go for Caruso and Olynyk, and we can't get them. Eh, we'll call about LeBron James. This is like when you're like at the craps table and you like, you know, you put down ten and then you don't, you lose. You're like, oh, let's just throw on a thousand. I got to tell you, Caruso's defense. There are a lot of teams who no, want I that know. guy. Caruso's name brought up a lot. There are a lot of teams who want him, but. Yeah, this is disappointing too. A, a LeBron Warriors would be the ratings would be enormous. Can well, you imagine what would happen? It would take over the entire world. There's another part of this. Daryl Morey, uh, according to this uh, article, also called Rob Palenka on the Lakers about LeBron James. So he could have been a Philadelphia 76. Yeah, Morey calls everybody. He also called the Suns <laughs> about Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. He's like, who give, didn't you give call? Me all your stars. <laughs> yeah, he just went down the All Star roster and said, "All right, which one of these guys can I?" Pluck away. But I'd rather have my GM do that than not. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, at the end of the day, I'm still watching Kelly Oubre next Tuesday night. <laughs> so I don't care who you call, Daryl Morey. Couldn't even get a Linux. Call Ghostbusters doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he did get Kyle Lowry at the peak of his career. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is Perloff's wheelhouse, overweight athletes. Okay. <laughs> what do you have to say wow. about Kyle Lowry? I understand everything you guys are saying about the image of LeBron and legacy, and it's very important. It's a huge topic in sports. But can't we just say for a second, wouldn't that have been awesome as a basketball experiment? Yes. To see Steph Curry and LeBron. And, and don't you, if you guys could have made this happen, would everybody be in favor of the trade? I would. Yes. Yes. Me, me too. Uh, I, 
I, I'm interested, but I also like them as rivals. So Same. I don't know if I want it. We don't have a lot of rivalries left. But I mean, the rivalry's gone. They're, it's dead. It doesn't matter no anymore way. because they're not contenders. That's never going to die. As it, someone who is in, involved, because I'm a Steph Curry stan, it's never going to die. <laughs> well, first of all, you're saying, not involved, DJ. I love you. But you're <laughs> no, not I'm involved in LeBron in versus Curry. In the debate and discussion and the fight that happens on the internet every day. He that I like, am a part of. As, as someone who is in the Hamptons, as <laughs> part of the Hamptons 5, the Hamptons 6. <laughs> Wait, wait. EJ, the, uh, okay. the forgotten man in the Hamptons. <laughs> I'm going to sound ignorant here. <laughs> Recruiting Durant. LeBron Curry, I, I understand the debate, but it's not Magic Bird. The right. dudes that never even match up. Like, there's no way. If, if they really don't like when the Warriors, when they get Curry switched on LeBron, it's like emergency, emergency, emergency. <laughs> I know, but, get out, get <laughs> out, get out. Get out. <laughs> I know, but who, they, how many finals did they meet in? Uh, oh, let's see. Was it Five. I mean, the animosity between Steph Curry fans and LeBron fans is is I insane. I mean, that's so I great, but that's not LeBron and Steph having no, but issues no, but, to play. No, but those guys they are two, love each other. Those guys too. are two brands, and they understand that. Yeah. And there's a reason why they have moved the way they've moved in public. Their relationship's gotten a lot better recently. What? LeBron has openly been wooing right, Steph Curry for chance. 18 months. Right. No, that's no, not like he, Magic he had, Bird. No, but that's, that's his... That, but Magic and Bird's relationship got a lot better towards the end, too. No, they no, didn't no. openly try and trade for right. each other. Right, it's a different era. <laughs> it's not like Jordan trying to get Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jordan had Isaiah frozen <laughs> off the Olympic team. <laughs> it's not the same, you're right. But I do like there is, like... Because, you know, Steph has said he's the petty king. You know, he'll admit it. There's a lot more there than meets the eye. Oh, my God. Steph would take LeBron on this team in a heartbeat. And we not all this know. article. He didn't he he need call from this article. He took Kevin Durant. He that banged, too. He flew to the Hamptons with EJ and got <laughs> Kevin Durant to come to Golden State. EJ wasn't even old enough to rent a car when that happened. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like 18. <laughs> but you were in the, you were in the New York area. You easily could have been there. You could have taken, taken the bus out to the Hamptons. You guys, you guys think Steph Curry would take a picture with me? Oh, yeah. you say, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. good. <laughs> I'm good. I think Steph would take a picture with you, unlike, unlike Jamar, Jamar Chase. Yeah, because if Steph Curry took a picture, I think that would make me feel better about losing out on Ocho Cinco. Do you guys think that Steph Curry would be a sort of upgrade at point guard for LeBron compared to D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Let's think about that I, one. You know, one thing about the Lakers, what, what were they at this point last year? And they made the Western Conference Finals, so they're not dead. The Warriors are won five in a row. They're not dead. But still, I need more. I need more from this these two teams because they are the premier teams. I mean, who's going to get the biggest rating? LeBron by far, and then the Warriors number two. So if can we trade change the trade deadline could, to make this happen? Could we just put them together like the Steagles when the Steelers and Eagles yeah. played as one joint team? We just put the Warriors and Lakers together and finish the year as one group. So all right, what's it broken? Yeah, I love it. How about next year to get Bronny? We they all join in a neutral city like Charlotte <laughs> <laughs> or Atlanta. Well, that was from, Atlanta that was from Charlotte. Wait, that would I wonder be, if that would they'll be good for him. They'll start a new franchise in Las Vegas. Hmm, that seems like. Oh, well, there you go. Well, how about this? So Wednesday before the trade deadline, Draymond Green, who uh, Rich Paul represents at Clutch, sent Rich Paul a text message soliciting his help, convincing James to join him in Golden State Wednesday. Again, this is the yeah. most half-assed plan I've ever heard in my life. I would hate to see these guys robbing a bank. They'd be in jail forever. Yeah, they're sitting around in the conference room and go say, all right, we got two hours left. Who do you guys like? <laughs> Let's, uh, this guy, uh, well, Kelly Olenek might be available. Well, don't forget, he went to the Raptors, surprising people. So maybe once they lost on Olenek, they switched to LeBron. He was yeah, plan yeah. B. They just like turn the whiteboard over, and it's just like LeBron James picture. Yeah, like, what the hell? We're probably not getting anything done anyway. Like, Let's call for LeBron. Draymond, text somebody, right? Yeah. Text your agent. 
Reminds yeah. me when uh, in the Dark Knight when uh, Heath Ledger's Joker comes into the meeting. Like, what do you pl- propose to do? He's like, well, we kill the Batman. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's so Good easy. Plan. Why have you done that? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well. Shame that didn't happen. Bogus headlines, sure. Actual basketball last night. Jason Tatum scoring 31 in Brooklyn before halftime. He Ooh. didn't stop <laughs> in the second half. Tatum deep. Over to his left. They blitz at him with Wilson, a rookie. Five on the shot clock. Tatum lines him up. Right. Takes the three. Swish. Woof. I was talking to somebody over there. Right in front of him as he knocked it down. 34 for Tatum. Sean Grandy, Cedric <laughs> Maxwell, Celtics Radio. Tatum finished with 41, 14 boards and a 118-110 Boston win. I'm actually surprised LeBron didn't uh, lobby to go to Boston. That he would have fit in well there. <laughs> no, he would. I think he'd rather play for Saudi Arabia, <laughs> play for Boston. <laughs> well, oh, he hates. Oh, he doesn't like Boston. Yeah, he but he like hates Boston. Boston. Yeah, but do likes rings. That's true. <laughs> he just said Saudi Arabia. And by the way, you don't think oh LeBron's talking to the Saudis right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm kind of not kidding. Uh, I'm really not kidding. I don't think. Uh, who's gonna you think is gonna own that Vegas team? Right. That LeBron's gonna be running. Uh-huh. There you go. Uh, some breaking news from the NFL. Football players are tough. They don't stay home because of six inches of snow. They don't stop oh. playing the Super Bowl because That's of right. a major elbow injury. Chiefs guard Nick Allegretti suffered a complete UCL tear in the second quarter Sunday, and I don't think he missed a snap after wow. that. Allegretti was the replacement for the injured Joe Tooney. All I can think of is how bad the third guy must have been. <laughs> that they were like, third <laughs> Nick, third guy. tape your arm <laughs> to your chest and get back out there. You've got no choice. <laughs> we're not putting Todd in. Third guy in <laughs> the Super Bowl. Did you say Todd? Yeah. yeah. Get out there, Todd. Eyes of floor wet, Todd. <laughs> I don't know, Mark. So, I'm sorry, can I make this about me for a second? I think I might have a UCLA tear. A UCLA tear. A UCL tear. A UCLA tear. <laughs> So was that in blue chips? I have a little injury right here. Where is the UCLA? It's UCL. Next year, Baron Davis. Where's UCL? What uh, is, that on, is that on the pyramid that John Wooden made? <laughs> Tie your shoes. So it's funny. After the show, I'm going to the doctor today, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to have Tommy John surgery. Do they give Tommy John surgery to civilians? They do not. I don't know. They, but they if, should not. If you're not back in six months, we're really going to be disappointed. Well, I, you got to drive mean, to San Antonio. We Bryce can't Harper have got back. Happen. If I'm just batting, Bryce Harper got back in three months. <laughs> if Shohei Otani is uh, oh, out did you there see Shohei? You? Shohei was raking yesterday. Yeah, so oh yeah, so I'm so actually hopeful that. that my UCLA tear will <laughs> heal correctly. <laughs> uh, last thing for me, Indiana State men's basketball. Ball was on a nine-game winning streak. They were one of the most efficient offenses in America. That's why they were ranked for the first time since Larry Bird was a Sycamore back in the 78-79 season. But then Johnny Kinziger came to town last night. A career-high 31 from Johnny K to lead Illinois State to an 80-67 upset at number 23, Indiana State. So there go the Sycamores from the top 25. Johnny Kinzinger. That sounds yeah. like someone who had been at Hoosiers. Yeah. I'm going to say Hoosiers too right there. Yeah. <laughs> Still not better than Blue Chips. Just kidding. Not opening that can of worms <sighs> again. We didn't say better. We said more watchable. What would you rather rewatch? Yeah, Blue Bogus, chips. where do you weigh in? What's better, Blue Chips or Hoosiers? I mean, Hoosiers is a better technical movie. It's yes. a better film. But I'd rather, if I had a choice, I'd probably watch, I would watch Blue Chips again before Hoosiers. If they're both on TV and you're flipping Blue Chips. Around. God, I haven't watched. Yeah. I got to rewatch Blue Chips. We're doing a rewatchable this off season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Blue Chips. I haven't seen in many, many years. I remember being kind of cheesy. 
I mean, it is. But like, <laughs> I mean, so is Hoosiers. Right. Hoosiers is cheesy as well. Also, do we have to give Bill Simmons some kind of royalty if we call it a rewatchable? <laughs> yeah, it's about to yeah, say. There you go, Bill. Else, yeah. Who? We mentioned you. <laughs> the sort of rewatchable. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. They quartered the market. It's a rewatchable. Yeah. No, it's a, it's good, and it's a good podcast. I think you guys, by the way, the program is a lot of fun still. I think, see, for me, I that energy that you guys are bringing, I thought the program with Joe Kane. I mean, they're similar type of They're movie. very similar. It's just the program gets way dark. It's way cheesier, too. It is yeah. even they're cheesier than Blue Chips. It's just the dark, it's darker material. Like, the darkest thing that happens in Blue Chips is what? The point shaving? Right. Part and when they it? find out about it, and they're so heartbroken, the coaching yeah. staff, like, nah, Jimmy. Yeah, that was my guy. He was my guy. Okay. God, I love Nick that Dolte, scene. He can deliver such a, like a fist pound on the table, you know? TV, well, you know TV what? class. Where we disagree, and I know we did. I think any given Sunday is the height of sports movie cheese. Like, can you just Very run into cheesy. the end without doing a double flip into the end zone once? <laughs> How about I know. your eyes in your head? I mean, that seems easy yeah, too. The eye, the eye is always the one for <laughs> no me. No one an eye out of a socket. So many things. Yeah, that movie. I, I'll say this too. Um, it's not on my top. Three, but draft day is good if you like the draft. If you like the inside, inside. <laughs> my, brother, my brother loves that movie. To I'm just saying, if you love the draft and you love the Browns, right. you're gonna love draft. No, no, no. Days. Draft day was your brother who works in the NFL teams love it. That movie is crap. Why would you take a running back at six and a linebacker at one? I mean, look what the Lions of Jack Browns. Campbell, Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> Find the draft day, they got killed. This I is the Cleveland one game from the Super Bowl. What do you expect? Of course they're taking doing crazy stuff like that. <laughs> I've only watched it one time, and I, I don't remember a lot. Maybe I'll have to rewatch that one. Um, okay. Bogus, thank you so much. Coming up, uh, there's been a study done on the drunkest NFL fan base, and I guarantee you it is not the one you're thinking about. Guarantee. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Keep them coming on our great debate question today, which is, what is the worst coaching decision of all time? Again, loosely based on Shanahan. He didn't make the list, of course. It's, his coaching decisions can be dissected. I don't know if it's the worst of all time to defer and over, or to, excuse no, me, no, to no, take no. the ball in overtime. It's not even in, in the discussion in my mind. It was a mistake, but... I think the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. They were going to find a way to win anyway. Yeah, I just don't know why you'd hand Mahomes even more of an advantage, giving him four downs to play with, knowing he needs to, you know, that a touchdown wins the game after the 49ers take the field goal. Anyway. If, if the Niners hit that third and fourth and run out the clock and hit a game-winning field goal, do we talk about Andy Reid screwing up the Super Bowl? That's how thin a line it is between coaching mistakes and coaching greatness. Oh, no doubt. Uh, so keep them coming because we've had some great entries for worst coaching decisions of all time. Can I give you another one here? And this comes from something called Backtrack, and it's BAC Track. It's a breathalyzer app. They acquired data from over 28,000 tests and matched each observation to the NFL team to determine the fans that drink the most. Maybe a little suspect on how they, you know, gather this material. But if I were to ask you, who's the drunkest fan base in the NFL? The answer is... Philadelphia or Buffalo. Exactly. I mean, the one team that lights itself on fire and goes through tables and another team that boos Santa Claus. Like, these are drunken people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would maybe throw in Green Bay because I think to stay warm, you have to drink schnapps constantly or you freeze it up. <laughs> Fair. Now, according to this study, the drunkest fan base, the Tennessee Titans? Oh, yeah, Nashville. I mean, geez, that makes perfect sense. I mean, Number half of the bachelorette parties are <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> Number two would be the Indianapolis Colts. Is that just the owner? I'm sorry. I, it was right there. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, the Saints are three. Obviously, New Orleans, yeah. a notorious party town. And then Packers four, Raiders round out the top five. 
So Bills and Eagles, not even close. Ah, huh. yeah, I, I'm going to question the math on this. <laughs> yeah. No the, Jets fans in there either? Jets yeah, are at the I, very bottom. I put the Jets high on this list. If those Jets fans are sober and acting like that, that's an even bigger problem. <laughs> They're just not showing up. We, we, yeah, right. It's an empty stadium. And there's no one to breathalyze. So does wine count? Because what about the Rams and Chargers crowd? Because uh, Or Taylor Swift chugging the wine. People yeah. thought that was beer. That was not beer. She was chugging wine. I know that when I see it. Hmm. <laughs> I would think Seattle is a pretty big party town. They, they might have gotten into that mix, too. You think so? A lot of, be- a lot of craft beer out in Seattle. Uh, okay. I w- there's a couple other things that we didn't get to today. One of them that uh, was your, uh, your thought Perloff, and I want to give you full credit for this. Mm-hmm. You're watching the Super Bowl, and you thought to yourself, oh, the Dallas Cowboys could have won this. What? How did you get wait, to wait, this? Wait, 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 wait. You've totally screwed this up. Okay, well, tell me. How did you? I never thought that you guys, I, I thought that said, was could... the... I asked that question. EJ that asked EJ. the question, you... could the Cowboys have won that game? I thought you said yes. No, 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 no. I, I do not... Wait, I have to go back. No, I don't think the Cowboys, A, would have been in that game. No, they couldn't have won that game. How would they have won that game? But, I mean, the Cowboys would have been shut down. They have one weapon, C.D. Lamb. You don't think the Chiefs would have completely shut that down? Okay, I misheard. I thought that you believed that the 49ers were not this real juggernaut of a team and that anyone really could have been in that game and that the the Cowboys were one of the teams that could have competed. I, I hear you. Yeah, I think I did bring up the topic. I think the Lions would have been a much bigger challenge to the Chiefs because of their dynamic run game, mm. because they could go 1-2 with Montgomery Gibbs, where the Niners were just McCaffrey. I don't think the Cowboys did, because think about it, The Cowboys, all they have is CeeDee Lamb. Right. The Chiefs were able to shut down all the weapons of the Niners. What could they have done to that Cowboys offense? So I don't think the Cowboys would have been able to do it. Do do you? EJ, you thought the Cowboys could have been in this game? Yeah, I watched that game thinking that the Cowboys may break through and somehow get to this game at some point because of the comedy of errors we saw in this game. Shanahan, does he know the rules? Does he not know the rules? Guys (laughs) getting hit, the ball hitting them while they're blocking somebody on a punt. Both running, starting running backs fumble. Like that looked like a Dallas Cowboys game for a lot of <laughs> So Good for me, point. I watched it. I was like, you know what? These Cowboys, they got talent. At some point, they're probably going to break through. Uh, Pacheco would have run wild on that Cowboys defense. Do you think you they would have had a chance? Uh, I don't. Um, I think now, and I, I, I don't know if I'm on an island on this one or if people are higher this. Uh, we haven't really gotten a lot of fan reaction off of it, but I think Mike Zimmer was a good hire. I, I like Mike Zimmer because he does shut down the run. I think there will be more attention on the linebacker core, not just trying to shoehorn guys in there after you know an injury to sort of moving a safety over to linebacker, stuff like that. I, I actually like Zimmer, and if Zimmer was coaching this team, I think they would have a better shot than if Dan Quinn was coaching the defense. Who owns the team? Jarrah. Is anything going to really change? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, we know the answer to that. Uh, okay, so you are welcome to keep it going. Great debate question today. The worst coaching decision of all time. You can go to at Maggie and Pearl and you can leave your answer there. Thanks, DJ Stewart. Thank you to Pete Pilati. Thank you to Andrew Bogish, Andrew Kaplan, Widows, Coffee Drinkers. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, right. And happy Valentine's Day. We haven't mentioned it once. Did Um, anyone get anything from Maggie? No, my husband already gave me flowers, though. I woke up to them this morning. What a guy. Love you, honey. Bye, guys. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 